Welcome to the podcast of the Urban Mystic. In season three, we explore the tension between faith and experience and tease this out as a distinction between faith and relationship. This dovetails well with our value for intimacy with God and encourages us to explore what we can expect a relationship with God to mean for individuals and communities intentionally practicing the presence of God. Well, welcome to the to another episode of the podcast of the Urban Mystic. This is uh, the second episode of season three, and it's going to be our great Patreon episode. <laughs> we we are launching a, a Patreon together with uh, the third season of the, of, of this podcast. And tonight, uh, Steve and I are just going to chat uh, a little bit to each other and a little bit to you about why we're doing this and why it's important for us to do this in order to take steps forward with the work that we want to do. Off the top of my head, I, I guess there's a whole bunch of stuff that I acknowledge and work with. The first one really is, is to say that talking about money is actually really hard for me. <laughs> Ditto. Such as on deep emotional <laughs> needs, wants and dysfunctions within myself. It's quite triggering and it's quite uncomfortable. And I realized that even, even the idea of setting up a Patreon and looking to raise more money so that we can increase the work that we do uh, or increase the scope of what we do, is, is it's, it's a difficult space for me. It's, there's a couple of reasons why for me. And I just want to list them off the top of my, my head because I just want to honor my past and present contributors who've been so wonderfully and generously supportive. So that's, that's the first area I'd like to go. The second one is really just to, just in looking back, I recognize that there's so much manipulation, exploitation around money when it comes to religion, spirituality, whichever field that you look in, the world is just so capitalist driven, people seem to be so profit driven. And that's great in many ways, but this is a missional venture so we're actually looking to make a contribution to people and we're not looking to do so we're not looking to make this transactional so we don't want to be charging for any of our services we're looking to give and contribute and reach new people and add value to their lives but we we specifically because of the abuse around religion and spirituality and i guess it's it's hard to build people when you work missionally, right? <laughs> you know, so so it's difficult territory for that in this kind of missional space. So you know, that's that's something to talk to, and then guess moving to the place that 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 we want to be in the position where we want to let people know what we what we've been doing with what we've been given, rather than being in the position of yeah, we want to report back and 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 let people know how we're being responsible with the opportunity that we've been given, because we really are in a very privileged space to be able to do this work. And, and yet it's also sometimes a little bit of a tight space. And so the other thing is, is, is together with that is the sense that we, we feel called to do this work, but there's also the realities of, of life, costs that happen monthly, having children, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a, it's a tricky kind of space. So overall, it's a, there's no real clear plan, <laughs> although Steve and I have got some points to talk around. And I, I guess what's coming through for me as I try to talk about it is, is just how darn hard it is for me to talk about this. And yet I know that taking a step towards setting up a Patreon is an important step because it, it, it helps gain partners on board in, in the work and partners who also benefit from the work. But up front, I just want to say there's never going to be any paywall 
to absolutely anything we do with Urban Mystic. So everything that we do is going to stay 100%, 100% financially free to anyone that we, you know, we just want to enable people to benefit from the stuff. We want to enable people to grow in intimacy with God. And so we also want to talk a little bit about what the next steps are, because the podcast is, is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the vision. And so there's some very clear next steps that we've got on the table. And it's a good opportunity just to talk about that in general, in terms of what we're looking at producing and why. And then later on, we'll get into, you know, in the future, we'll get into specifics when that's ready to, to launch. Naturally, our Patreons are going to be amongst the first people that we invite to include in these online ventures, but we're also looking to enable other people to pick it up, whether they're part of Urban Mystic or not, just to pick this up and make use of it in their own context, because we really want to freely contribute to, to the lives of others. Thanks, Tim. That's for me is such a helpful kind of opening gambit and, and laying out a couple of statements and things that we can jump into. I think if I think about those points that you've raised that we've kind of talked back and forth over the last couple of weeks as we've been preparing for this. If I think about the first point, I, I echo you there completely. This the the economic systems that that I sort of that we swim in, I think, as people are somewhat uncomfortable because I'm I'm not comfortable with a, the profit motive is the final bottom line behind everything. And I've been uncomfortable with that for a while. And so that leaves me feeling in the money conversation, just somewhat a little bit at sea for a couple of reasons is, <clears throat> I think what we have been doing has been so curiosity driven and exploratory but that doesn't make for a great business plan. So if I think money, I think sitting in front of a bank manager and trying to convince them to give us some startup capital to keep Urban Mystic going. And they say, like, what's the vision? Well, we've got some good idea of where we're going, but A, we're listening to these voices in our head for direction <laughs> and we're doing the best we can as we listen in our growing and continuing sort of nurturing relationship with God, et cetera. No, no, I'm very serious, but you know, I make the funny comment because I, th I think that partly for me is, is kind of the, the money sense is it's got to be a lot more certain than that. You've got to, you've got to have a five point plan, five year plan. Everything's got to be clear. It's got to be quite slick. And I'm aware that that curiosity and exploratory space, you, we're talking with each other. We're talking with God. We're talking with other people, other contributors. And so we've got a good sense of where we're going, but at the same time, I don't feel as though we're holding, we're not white knuckling that vision. Because I think that is going to preclude the relational orientation around what we're doing. And that for me is vitally important. And so that's partly why I'm, I'm, I feel a little bit of discomfort because moving into the money space, it just feels as though it has to be slick, practiced, ready. And so, you know, I mean, as the listener, you can hear as Tim starts to speak and, and I'm feeling it as well, that this is a little bit kind of stumbly and awkward because I can't tell you now, I wouldn't be able to tell you now what we're doing in five years time, but I've got a definitive sense of passion around the exploration and some real, like, I want to say gut feel, but that's, that's too individualistic. There's a gut feel in my relationship with God, my relationship with Tim, some of the contributors we've been talking to and um, partners on my side that have, have, have made what I've done for the last five years sustainable there's, there's a lot that goes into that that's hard to quantify. And yet we're putting down 
some quantification. I don't even know if that's a word. I'm just going to trumpet and make things up. We're putting some something that needs to be quantifiable on the table. We're asking for, you know, one, five, 15, 20, 50, a million. I don't know. These are figures, you know, and, and, and those figures are, are, are hard to fudge. But the, but the vision is still dynamic. And so I think that's partly the juxtaposition or the statics of the numbers of going, I, I need something concrete to live off while we continue this exploration. That's, that's part of the awkwardness. And then I think very much tied for me in that is that point two that you're talking about is, man, I've been hurt and I've watched other people be hurt and I've watched systems function around this dysfunction around money. And it's everything from, I mean, I had staff members uh, some years ago, I was running two organizations. I had staff members that were paying pastors money to pray for them. like. Wow. Thousands of our, our currency to have these people come visit them in their homes and pray for them. I had people that were giving money to these religious organizations in return for, I mean, like some of this, it feels like it beggars belief because I know I'm speaking into an international pool here, but in South Africa, we have this, 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 this weird experience. I, I, I know people, I know their stories. They were drinking petrol they were eating grass, they were eating leaves from trees. And it was all tied up in this financial model with these religious communities that they were a part of, these churches, these spiritual institutions. And somehow, because money was involved, that was part of the power thing going on there. And, and that just, like, that makes me want to be a hermit and go and live in the jungle of pawpaws. And it makes me want to just run far away from monetary systems. And I know that that's not a mature response, but that's my, that's my immediate emotional knee-jerk response. And then all the way across the spectrum to just, you know, the kind of the, the, the Christian tithing. I remember being in a home group at some point and the guy who was running the home group said one day, you know, somebody asked him, you know, when you tithe, this is, you know, the Christian 10% of your income for anyone who's not familiar with that. Um, you give 10% of your income and the guy said, well, you know, do you do, you, do, you do that 10% off your gross or off your net? And, he, and his response was, well, do you want a gross blessing or do you want God to give you like his net blessing, i.e. a blessing minus his income tax? I'm like, what the? <laughs> no, what the fuck? I'm just going to say it. <laughs> what the hell, man? You know? And so there's these kinds of things I've just seen operating and, and I've seen wealthy churches where I've seen lower income people not try and access services within those churches. I'm talking about counseling, pastoral support, et cetera, et cetera, because they're just aware they're flying under the economic radar. They might not be a big tither. They might not even be tithing. They might be battling. I, you know, I've known families who just to get enough uh, fuel for their vehicle to get to church on a Sunday morning. Like even that was huge for them. I mean, like it, it feels like the widow's might kind of space, that story from the gospel kind of thing. And, and, and they just, they, they wouldn't partake in the fullness of the community and they wouldn't reap the benefits because there was this economic thing. And it's over time, it's just grated on me more and more and more. And and when I moved into this past season and I was talking to God about like, what does he want me to do and what are we going to do? And, and what are the dreams here? I was very clearly told, just get on and get on with the work and I'll look after the finances. 
and not from one of those ridiculous seven steps of blessings. What, what I took from that, what was happening in the conversation between God and I was, there are people that I can see who are in need, who can't afford. And I think that's wrong. And so, I mean, there's all sorts of spaces we could probably dive deeper and, and I want to hear what you think in response and some of your experiences and whatever, but that's kind of an opening around why just some of where I've come from and this money thing makes me awkward, but sometimes also makes me angry because I can see the economic system doesn't always work out for everyone. And, you know, I'm happy to have the debates around capitalism versus this versus that versus the next, but I'm quite happy with right now a pure profit bottom line is not serving humanity. And so, yeah, that, that's part of what makes me awkward as I come into this, uh, because I might be asking, hey, you know, if you are connected with any of that vision, you feel like generously handing over some of your hard-earned cash. So, so I think, number one, I want to start off by saying thank you so much to my present contributors. I would not be here if it wasn't for you. A few years ago, I really, um, you know, I was, I, was, I was doing different career stuff. I, I had a great job. I went through a crisis in life. And as part of that, there was a very clear sense of calling back. And I reached out to a bunch of people. And there's one couple in particular that 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 responded to, whew, and this goes into, <laughs> it goes into emotional territory. <laughs> they basically responded to go, we really believe that God is calling you to this. We're going to get behind you to enable this to happen. And so since then, they've, they've faithfully been putting money my way before I had anything to show on the table. And that enabled me to do a number of different projects. It enabled me to do, to do my master's, uh, which was really valuable, not only in terms of my own personal formation and thinking, but in terms of setting up this kind of work and helping me understand what my work needs to be for the next four or five years, for, for one. That was only one layer. It enabled me to do things like the Doing Church Research Project, which is going to be the backbone of the, um, in many ways, of this uh, <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to Deconstruction, <laughs> you know, give, giveaway PDF that's going to be uh, available soon on, on, on the Patreon and off the website as well. But it also enabled me to go about taking ownership of courses I produced, sure, about 15, 20 years ago, and to really just re-envisage them for the era that we were in, and to basically help uh, plant a church and be involved in almost being a, like a bit of a missions enabler and a bit of a missional coach, you know, for, for a little while. But then... Before COVID hit, about six months before, I felt God speak very clearly about pulling out of all of that kind of stuff. And for me, that's one of the things in terms of God speaking ahead. And I'd, I'd already had the chats to, to my funders of basically just going, it just doesn't make sense for me to be planting a church because, I, you know, there's these eight couples, seven, seven of them are immigrating, <laughs> you know. So what do, what, what do I do? Is your expectation that I do this? And in a very frank meeting with them, they basically said, no, we, we don't have those expectations on you. We want to freely enable you to pursue what God is calling you to. We want you to be able to have the kinds of conversations that you're having with people. And we want you to have the freedom and the honesty and the integrity to genuinely pursue the questions and the thread that you're on, because we want to see what you come out with. And it was so ridiculously disarming to me to be in that position of going 
now what? This, this really is an open canvas and I'm unrestricted. And so within the context of making a lot of noises about us doing the wrong thing when doing church, but doing it for the right reasons, there's been so much kickback from the church that it, it, it really put me in the space of going, you know, I, you know, I felt in many ways that churches want the benefits of the people that I naturally reach and connect with who are deconstructing um, from various different religions who are on the way out of church because they're not experiencing God, but then they start experiencing God. They, they want to reap the benefits of those people coming in, but they want those people to come in and do church and they want me to do church. And so there's, you know, it's an untenable relationship. And so, so their support enabled me to, to really go through another layer of deconstructing for myself to get out of that, to land in this place of going, well, what is the next steps? What do I, what do I do next? I'm so used to, even as a deconstructor work in the context of the church, that, that how do I actually, you know, break this tie? And so it left me in the position where, where I could actually break that tie, focus on finishing my, my master's. And then by the beginning of last year, you know, to take a little bit of a sabbatical to fast and pray and go, God, what are the next steps? And God basically going, well, there's, there's two things I've put on the table for you, Tim. <laughs> These are the things you need to be doing. And I took a step back and 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 reflected that I that I thought I had been doing that. And God was basically going, yeah, you've been doing it in a particular way, but I'm I'm freeing you to do it in an, in in a new way, you know. So as opposed to trying to get these things seeded into the institution of the church that isn't welcoming it and it's just creating further tension, God basically going work out there my, my my people in the church are not synonymous my kingdom is bigger than the church and and the ecclesia and the institution of the church there isn't a one-to-one -one relationship with them the ecclesia is bigger than the church too so go and serve them go and go and do this and and that wouldn't have been possible without this incredibly generous support of people to basically enable me to to do that work with, with nothing to show at that point and so getting around to pluck up the courage to to get going with the podcast, just kind of in the sense of going, I think this is what God's calling me to. I think God is saying, do this. And to basically get around to that, it's it's worked out incredibly. So <laughs> let me put it out there. But I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had the opportunity. I wouldn't have had the guts had it not been for this backing to, to be able to have these kind of conversations because people believe that they're valuable and they see the value in it. And so I feel like in some ways, I, this for me is an opportunity to say, thank you so much. <laughs> you know, I, I'd love to name you by name, but I, but I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't asked you if I can, so I'm going to leave that off for now. <laughs> but it's just, it's just been incredible to, to be in this position. And I feel like, like I, I carry probably a lot of dysfunction around this finance stuff, right? So I feel guilty every month that they are so generously supporting me. It's a, and that's a difficult place to be. And, and so I feel like one of the reasons why I want to do a Patreon is, is I, I, I don't want to ask for, for, for more from people that have been generous. It would be unfair, but, but there's more on the table. The vision is larger than that. The podcast is the tip of the iceberg. And so for me, it's a, it's just a matter of going. Well, I, I want to put this I want to put this out there so that I don't unfairly burden people that have been incredibly generous. But just that just the thing of of people going, no, we've we've heard from God. We're we're behind you. 
because you're you're also hearing from God, and we want to encourage you to do that. For me, that is just that has just been absolutely un, unbelievable, and I'm 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 sure that a large part of your journey, you know, has been a similar dynamic in terms of being supported. And I, I don't know if you perhaps want to say something about that before, you know, before I'd like to comment on why why I don't want to end up with a transactional ministry model where we charge people for what we do. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, that that really encourages me around some of the conversations we've had and just listening to you again now to echo exactly that same sentiment. About, we're in our sixth year now in the city that we're in. And I moved into the city in the October of 2015 with, with nothing ahead of me <laughs> in terms of like, job security, there was, there was all sorts of big question marks. And, and that was because I had specifically turned away from job security to move into this season. And I did it, looking back now, sometimes I wonder if I, why I did something so crazy or stupid or whatever. And the only thing I, I have to go on is, like I thought that was what God was telling me. <laughs> so, <laughs> You've talked before about the paradigm. Back to that voice in your head, Steve. <laughs> yes, the voice in the head thing, right? You know, the what is that? The, uh, the, the what's the? Is it the weirdo that you say that talks to God, but it's the crazy person that thinks God responds? So no, no, it's it's, it's it's the holy man that talks to God and the crazy that hears man. God talk back. Yeah, there yeah. we go. I was in the crazy category, honestly. With, um, we had one child at that point, but you know, it's not like we were planning on stopping there. And we just, we just had no plan other than the sense of just move here. That's the right thing. And it's not the first time that, that God and I have had that interaction. I resigned my, my last post in Johannesburg before we moved out. Um, we moved out to a farm, uh, like an hour and a half out of the city that I grew up in. Off this insistence of like, you're done here. It's time to move into the next thing. So it's like, I went to the church I was working at and, I'm, I think I'm done here. I'm, I'm, this is the, the March of the year. Um, in the March of that year, I, I think I'm moving on. Oh, where to? I don't know yet. God just said I'm done here. So he and I have been working on that, and I'm just willing to listen. <laughs> and you get, a, and interestingly enough, from within a church, you get a lot of real sort of, whoa, this guy's gone off the deep end responses. So anyway, we did that. And, and so to come back to the point, I think, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is to echo you, there was a community of people that came around us in a number of different ways. And one of them is the financial way. And so in that year, in 2015, when we moved, it was way out of my frame of reference that I could pursue such a crazy adventure and vision of what I went into. And it's matured a bit and changed over time as I've discovered new nuanced things and whatever. But like, I am so grateful for a community that's come around because it's just completely changed a lot of how I see life because there was just no way to do that previous to this kind of journey we've been on over the last five and a half years. And a big factor is this amazing group of people that I am so grateful to that, you know, that prayed that that's what I believe because that's what we asked people to do, who we, who we spoke to, pray about it. And if God is saying this to you, then we're grateful. 
then you know just go with what god is telling you if god says to to climb on board with us awesome if god says not to we accept that um you know we can talk about this or whatever but over time it took about 18 months um you know but this group just gathered around us and it's been a hard journey but there's no way we could have made it without these phenomenal people who are willing to, as I understand it, listen to God, respond to what God was asking and provide for our needs. And, you know, as, as I think about you reflecting on some of your journey and what you've been able to do because of that, I've sat in some ridiculously privileged spaces. And by that, I mean, I've been able to sit with single parents who are barely making it but desperately need somebody to talk to about their kids, how they're doing at school, how they're doing relationally at home. I've been able to sit with married couples on the verge of becoming non-married couples. I've been able to sit with young couples going into marriage. I've been able to sit with church leaders in, I mean, just the most privileged of spaces to hear people tell me their stories. I had a guy tell me once, you know, I don't know if I would be going to church still unless I was paid for it that was kind of the depth of the pit of what they were experiencing in, in their calling and ministry at that point. And I was invited into that space to journey with them because I was able to, because of this, for me, I, it's still like, it's still big as belief at some point. I just like ridiculous for me to reflect back on this and go, these amazing people responded to God and made this possible. And I will be eternally grateful I mean, if this journey finished tomorrow, I will never forget these people who were so generous. And in, and in my view, just echoed the generosity of God. They just stepped into in line with that character and that generosity and that provision of how God behaves in this world and were willing to behave in that same way. Uh, and I can't say thank you enough. And I try every month and I still feel like I don't do it good enough service to say thank you to them. So yeah, I'm, I'm also, I'm grateful for this, this moment to, to be able to reflect deeper on that and, and say those things as well. That's awesome. <clears throat> you're really just, uh, you, you're touching on, on, on going into that non-transactional space, the sense that, that God comes to do good things to people and he works in conjunction with people that, 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 that he's called to do that. And if you think of, of what professional counselors or you know, um, psychotherapists or anything like that charge. For, for many people, you're looking at one session being more than a tenth of someone's monthly salary if, they, if they've got a good salary, you know, or if they've got a reasonable salary in South Africa and other sessions. So, so, so realistically, someone with a good job can often afford one session a month, maybe two sessions a month. But someone who's in need can't. They can't afford that. You can't access good healthcare. Healthcare is profit-driven, whether it's the psychological stuff or it's the physical stuff. Whereas God, God really does give freely, and the missional space is different to that. And so I feel like there's a number of reasons why I don't want to do things transactionally. I find that that the spirituality market is very overcommodified, and and I'm not talking just about the alternative healing or the, you know, classic Western medicine or or anything like that. Even you go and see a psychic, you're paying, you're paying good bucks. Uh, you're paying, you're paying for a decent session, and and you're looking to pay to get something because someone else is especially gifted. What we're doing with Urban Mystic is we're wanting the the benefit, the value to lie in 
the relationship with God that the people we work with can establish. That's not something that we can give, but we can come alongside and we can assist. So they're not paying us for a product. <laughs> so we don't have a product to give. What we have is, is, the, is, the, is the capacity to come alongside out of that calling, understanding that God wants to take people to greater levels of intimacy, to greater depths in their into life, wants people to live life to the full, wants to bring healing, wants to bring them to, to, to a place of, of emotional wellness. And that's not transactional. It's, it's not, we're not being paid for something that we can deliver to people. We're going to be the middle person that goes, God wants to do this. We, we're, we're going to be a part of that. But, but we're not charging you for anything because God actually doesn't need money. God doesn't want money in that sense, right? So, but, but then the other thing it really is just, is just you know, I, I spend my days able to meet people via Zoom, Zoom able to go and meet people one-on-one -on -one over a cup or a beer. And, and that's an incredibly, it's an incredibly privileged position. And I get to do it without the sense of, you know what? I want you to be in my church. <laughs> I'm not recruiting you for a church. I'm not selling you belief in order to get a return on that investment. I'm basically here to meet with you to help you process your journey, whether it's your deconstruction from religion and your recovery from that, or it's your, your questions about how to put it all together in a multi-religious world where there's so many competing truths, what do you do with it? Or whether you're at the beginning of the journey of going, I really want to experience God and I want to build a lifestyle of intimacy with God. How do I do that? To be in the position to be able to freely come alongside someone and going, I'm actually going to, I'm, I'm going to meet with you so that I can, I can assist with this, but I'm not doing it transactionally because, because I'm not trading something for you with you. This comes out of calling. This comes out of, out of God's free and loving work in, in the world. And I realize as I say that, it sounds tremendously naive. It's not a good business model, basically, at the end of the day. <laughs> why, why, why do we need a Patreon? Because I'm a terrible business person. <laughs> That's the 30-second version of this episode, is it? Yeah, yeah. And some people tell me, like, why don't you do that? You know, you've put all this time in, you know, uh, academically, you're doing well. There's all these studies that you've done, you, you, you read and work over and beyond that. You know, you're a specialist. Why don't you use that as a base mark, you know, baseline? And I keep going, that's, that's, not, that's not the calling. I, I've been called to prioritize the reality of God's relational presence. And, and when I do that, God has, has said, you don't, you don't take your wallet with you to, to raise money for this. So, so, yeah, I mean, for me, somewhere in, in all of that is, is why not transactional? Why? Because the people that actually really need it, they can't afford to pay, pay for it. The people that really need it and can afford to pay for it are being exploited. I, I want to be able to freely contribute to people's lives, me, me, myself, within myself. And also because I feel like God wants, well, you know, that's what God's doing, both with me and in and through me with others and, and you as well. And so that's kind of like where I feel around that. How, how do you feel? Yeah, very similar. Very, very similar. I've, I've got this, you know, I'm, I'm always wary, wary of oversimplification. But a starting point would be for me somewhere along the lines of freely, freely given, freely passed on. Um, and, and I think, you know, part of my pushback is the idea of the only way to value something is to give it a, is to give it a figure, to give it a monetary amount. 
and go, well, we know this is valuable because this person's charging a thousand rand an hour for it. And, I, and I'm almost feeling this, my sense is this sort of economic revolution that goes, actually, it is, it's, it's zero valued in dollars, euros, rands, whatever, because it is so valuable. And so there shouldn't be this, this, this buy-in to obtain it. Yeah, priceless is literally priceless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I've also, I've had people before, you know, I've had some very well-meaning conversations with people that I'm, you know, I don't share this from any sort of position of condescension. That's not my intention, but really well-meaning people sitting down with me going, basically, you know, Steve, you obviously need some help just refining this business thing. It's obviously not taking off because you're relying on people to support you in the work, etc. So, can I, can I give you my expertise in business and maybe we can monetize this a bit better? Can we get you on your feet, et cetera, et cetera? And I'm going, no, thank you. I'm really grateful. I love you for being willing to give the time and your expertise and everything else. And, and I don't devalue that from a business perspective, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't think you understand that this is not a product that I'm peddling, as you say. It's, it's just not. And that's, and that's given me the freedom I've been able to engage with people in a very different way. Some, sometimes it's given me the freedom to take some real blinkers off and some blind spots, just eradicate some blind spots because I don't have the pressure to, to conclude everything in a one hour session with someone, for example, because that's, you know, that's the only money that they have to buy a one hour session. I've been able to listen for longer. I, I can give as much time as the other person needs to wade through their questions. I've had sessions of five hours sometimes with people. And that's what it takes sometimes to disentangle a really, really difficult, deep-seated, emotional, spiritual thing that's going on that the person is walking through. And I don't have to worry about going, listen, dude, like the meter's running low, so you need to pop some more chips in that slot or we're done. And so there's all sorts of benefits to that, but it's it's understanding that, I, that you just can't see the missional work through this transactional economic lens. It's, it's not possible to understand it through that. And at the same time, I recognize that pick and pay is not going to give me, that's a, that's a grocery store in South Africa. They're not going to give me monthly groceries because I'm really passionate about helping people. <laughs> and so I can't escape the monetary system but I'm asking people to understand, you can't understand this work from this transactional, you pitch up with money and I pitch up with product. It just doesn't work that way. Even though we're still within a, within a macroeconomic system that relies on that transactional back and forth. In some ways that, that adds a bit to the awkwardness, but it also clarifies for me, yeah, it's really not that. I know it's not that. I know I'm not gonna sit with with a swipe, a card swipe machine for anyone who comes to me. And, and that's regardless of, you know, if, if, you, if you have millions in the bank or if you have nothing, or if you're deeply in debt, you have less than nothing, you're gonna get the same thing. My value in terms of my expertise and background and what I bring to the table is not gonna change. So you, you can't get extra product, you can't get extra attention, you can't, you, know, you can't get more out of me because you bring money to the table necessarily. It's, I think it's the best, hopefully, you know, hopefully 
when I'm not messing around and my ego's not in the way and I'm, I'm not having a bad day and all that sort of stuff. I want to be able to offer the best across the board. I, I like that because I, I feel like I feel like it really taps into our values that every single person is the image of God, the image of God is. <laughs> every single person has intrinsic value and worth irrespective of the level of education, their mental or physical health, their responsibility, their failures in life, whatever has impacted them. So what's different here in many ways is, um, I, you know, I know, I know churches where they, they tear the tithes <laughs> and they get assigned to different levels of the pastoral team and, you know, and a lot of it goes into, into the auditorium. So you've got churches that run for millions in their, in their budget, right, for a massive auditorium and all this equipment and for, a, for something, for a venue that gets used on one day a week, really, maybe, maybe, maybe an evening or two, at, you know, a, and a day. But the big, the big expense is the business expense. It's the big expense is the, is what we call actually the church. It's the building. It's the organization cost at that level. And, and so I feel, I feel like for us, the, the value is, is, is always and an ever going to be people first. So I feel like people first in terms of in terms of we're here to serve the people that are in front of us, <laughs> the the people that we have the privilege of connecting with, with the the gifts, the talents, the abilities, the the personal resources that we've got, the the kingdom resources as well, because because that's that's the work that we that we call to, and that's because intrinsically it's about it's about their value, and if their value is determined by do they do they pitch up well dressed and well articulated <laughs> with the with the with the card that they can swipe <laughs> you know to get the product <laughs> to get the transaction it's 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 not something about that doesn't say you have intrinsic worth and it doesn't say to people doesn't matter how much money or how little you come with you've intrinsic work and i'm going to give you my best work irrespective of where you're at and i'm going to give you my time just on the basis of, of valuing you and because honestly, I'm, I'm genuinely excited <laughs> to see what God is doing. I get to have dreams about strangers, meet them and sit there going, I'm flabbergasted that, you know, God has spoken to me about someone I've never seen before. And, and, and I'm sitting in that conversation now, you know, or, or get to sit with someone and, and God opens up something that's incredibly challenging to them and, and being able to take the risk of, of, of going, going with that because, because there's no threats there's no loss it's for their benefit. the value is actually people first and so you know along these lines like I, I genuinely believe Steve that this podcast especially you know if you've been listening to this podcast for a while go back and listen to the first two episodes from season one with me alone <laughs> you'll want to kick me in the head just like I want to <laughs> the, <laughs> the podcast is, is better for us to be able to do this together and I genuinely believe that in terms of moving forward in the future, the rest of the work of the urban mystic is going to be better the more people like yourself and myself and other people that I believe that God wants to bring along. It's going to be better together. And I see Patreon as an opportunity to be able to grow that team. Absolutely. You know, I, I think so, something that struck me as you were talking is... Um, I think it's partly what I was trying to stumble towards earlier is just to add in that I think sometimes this approach can sound incredibly naive. You used the word earlier. 
but I, I cannot find that yet, at least in myself, in our collaboration, in the sense of what I feel God is saying to me, what you've told me about what God is saying to you, um, in some of our sort of collaborative discernment together around what God is saying to us about some of the work that we're doing. I, I want to be very careful not to kind of set up, you know, I, I hate the religion versus science thing. It's just so unhelpful and so stupid. And so I don't want to set up a comparative system of now, it's like Steventon versus capitalism. That That's not my intention. Oh, capitalism's too big. But I, I do get the sense from, from an economic lens that you can look at what we're doing and going, that's exceptionally naive. And without wanting to set these two ideologies, these two sense-making views, these worldviews in opposition to each other, because I don't think it's that. I think it's, I think it's a lot more nuanced and collaborative and creative, et cetera, into the future in terms of where we go as the human species. But I, I do think that what I'm trying to do is incorporate more into my worldview and not less. And that's why, while I'm not against economic systems, I do see areas where I don't think that they're serving us as best as possible. And I feel it's that though it's it's because I'm trying to see more. Now, I'm aware that I mean that's you know, as I, even as I say it, that sounds incredibly arrogant. <laughs> like I'm seeing more than the best economists and capitalists. <laughs> it's not quite what I'm trying to say. I think it's more that you're seeing with a different eye. I think so, and and that I I don't think that this is naive to say people matter, that a value for people. Is, is of high importance. And I remember interacting with someone's work. I forget who it was. I know I came across it through Rob Bell's Robcast. He was interviewing someone. I'd have to go and look for that. And maybe we can put it in the show notes. And he was talking just as an example of rather than your sort of your pure capitalism, you know, your, your profit motive bottom line, he was arguing for a triple bottom line. And so business that respects profit, people, and the environment. And I thought, that for me is a more holistic way of looking at it. And I think it may be naive to only look purely at just profit as our sole motive for doing anything. And I'm not trying to say that it's, it's not welcome and I'm really not trying to set this oppositional thing up. I just want to try and see more. I want to incorporate this value of people matter. And of course, how, how can I put this? I mean, I want to say that there's boundaries to that that requires some qualification. For example, when, when I work with people in terms of counseling, one of my non-negotiables is that you're working harder on your problem than I am. Because otherwise I feel like I'm just trying to drag you through life towards something that I'm not even sure is actually working for you or not. And I, would, and I sense the same when I work with someone where we talk about God is like, we don't collaborate together so I can take on your relationship with God. That's, for me, one of the critiques around the church system. I think it's, there's too much of that. And so to work with people and to value people doesn't mean that one just becomes a doormat and you know, anything that anyone asks just, just flows through naturally. There's still, I think, healthy relational paradigms going on. But that doesn't mean that I'm unwilling to stare directly into the sense of, people in the image of God, what is my best response to that? And I think my best response to that 
is not constrained purely by economic terms. And I, I don't think that that's naive. I, I would argue very strongly that it's not. Um, and, and I would just, you know, I'd want to put that on the table because I think that does sometimes come up. And I think where one can collaborate, collaborate with economic systems, spiritual systems, however we want to describe those, I just think there's so much more than we can imagine for humankind relating with God, self, and others. And I think there's great potential and opportunity to break out of kind of typecast, single-cast molds around how we view life and incorporate a little bit bigger, a little bit more holistically. And I'm super excited about those opportunities. You know, that's where I think I might, I might blow a little bit beyond some of my awkwardness in talking about money because I just go, that for me is really exciting. If I can collaborate with other people who catch this vision and want to come on board in a number of different ways, who knows? One of them is definitively financial. One of them may be, you know, catching up for a coffee. One of them may be debriefing with you or I over time as we go. There might be people who have phenomenal vision things. And, and again, I, I'm talking a little bit ahead of myself and I'm aware of that because I know this is an exploratory space and that's, you know, that's not necessarily part of the slick vision. It's just thoughts that I have as I speak off the top of my head. And I'm really excited by that. And, and I'm hoping, I really am hoping that people listening would also catch a bit of that excitement, but that it's really rooted in, in this value of people uh, and freedom to relate with people as best as possible within whatever limitations might come up, but to really just pursue that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, no, I, I, th I think it totally makes sense. I think, I think um, just just by way of, of illustrating it, I, I just want to go <laughs> perhaps just a little bit off off uh, script in terms of you know uh, what we thought was was the outline is. So a lot of people ask me when when they say, "So you're criticizing the doing church paradigm, but what are you really putting on the table, Tim?" You know, like come on, come on, give it to us already. And I feel like the language that you use is that it's. That, that that vision and exploration in many ways go together. There's the safe thing that that people do, <laughs> and I feel like as someone who studied theology with a focus on missiology, it always comes back to church planting. We start with doing church, but of course, the way we're going to do it, doing church is going to be different and better, right? <laughs> and then a few years down the line, what do we end up with? Well, we're still we're doing church, and and then we ask ourselves questions of has it been better, and we can kind of go yes and no. Uh, but what we what we started out and what we ended we started out with an idea of something, and what we ended up with is with is something that's remarkably close to what we started from, rather than what we were aiming for. So I feel like there are so many people out there that are in that space. That's what they're doing. We we we're in tumultuous times, you know. We're still during the COVID pandemic and all that kind of stuff. There are so many people that are going well. We're going from presenting and facilitating church services. Uh, with a with a community in front of us to doing it online via YouTube. So many people are doing that. And and I, I think it's great. There's many people that that works for. It doesn't work for me. I don't think it works for, for, for most of our audience either. The question is, is like, what's there for them? What, what, what do they need? What do they want? And so I feel like I'm I'm doing exactly what I haven't been taught to do. And I feel like the next steps are to do exactly what I haven't been taught to do. And there's the there's there's a lot of risk in that 
I'd I'd like to believe that we've we've done well with what we have been given so far. I'd like to caveat it with going past performance. It's not a guarantee of future performance, right? <laughs> like all the financial <laughs> people do, because there's 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 risk involved. But I really, and again, you know, I can use the word naive, but I don't think that that's correct because I, I genuinely feel led in this in terms of next steps forwards as well. So I'm going to put some of this just out there, uh, you know, just, just between you and me and, and, and to the listener. And, you know, by all means, buzz us. Uh, the, the website is, is going to be, uh, be relaunched with this, urbanmystic.coza. There's a form there if you want to get in touch with us, just fill that in, ping it. An email will come to me and, you know, let me know if you want to chat to Steve or I or both of us together or whatever, and we'll 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 make a time. So so I'm I'm just going to put this out there. So so Steve, you and I can do <laughs> we can do what's tried and tested. We can we can just try and do church again, right? <laughs> we can start with the basics thing of going. Steve, you start a home group. I start a home group. I'm going to race you to multiply that. You're going to race me to multiply it. I hope you win. I hope I win. <laughs> we'll congratulate whoever does, and the other one's going to, you know, lick some ego wounds or whatever. But all in all, we're going to we're going to do this well. But I think that if we did that, I think I think we wouldn't be tapping into the values. And and so just to paint a bit of a picture of of what the next steps are as I as I as I as I envisage this, and I say this I say this not naively it's actually with a sense of of genuine prayer and a sense of genuine like leading as part of it number one we've been doing the podcast we're going to keep doing the podcast we we did season one episode by episode (laughs) floundered our way through it. it was a massive learning experience for me you know season two was produced as a series and wow that was a huge that was a huge learning experience we're now producing season three and four at the same time it's a, it's it's yet another step, just in terms of the experience and the the backlogs of edits and all that kind of stuff. That's that's there. Number one, the podcast is going to continue. We're going to keep doing that. We're looking at uh, you know these two seasons for this year. We'll reconfigure it for next year, but for now we're, we're doing that. So number one, that's that's going to continue. Again, zero paywall. Um, podcast going to be out there, free to listen. We're going to keep promoting it. We're going to keep getting phenomenal guests on. We're taking the opportunity to deep dive into these serious questions that that we're finding unanswered in the doing church paradigm that I feel I haven't been able to make sufficient headway (laughs) in within that paradigm and basically going, let's have these tough conversations because it's it's a baseline. It helps bring us to almost a point of understanding of what it is we're aiming for when we talk about our value for intimacy with God. And the, the priorities and practices that are going to flow out of that for us as individuals and us as communities. But then what's what's the other next step? There's you and I continuing to meet one-on-one with people that involves what they bring to the table and how we can respond and you know where the conversations go from there. That's also just going to keep going, you know, irrespective and just as it is. But I, but I feel like like there's a step further. And the step further is towards the, the cultivation of the practice of the presence of God and, and the question of how do we go about doing that? How, how do we go about taking values for, for authenticity, vulnerability, and intimacy and change the way we go about living and loving in relation to self, others, and God? And I feel like, like, like 
I'm not answerless in some ways for this. There's a there's a series that uh, that I that I produced many years ago called the Seven Key Relationships that was that has proven itself for enabling people to go deep, go deeper, you know, go deeper in the ability to communicate their story, in their ability to listen to others. It's, it's been good at forming community with the way that it was used in the past. And especially with COVID last year, taking it online enabled me to answer some questions around the model of ministry of, of, of expecting God to draw near in person. And then somehow feeling like, this is great because I get to see people healed. I get to see God meeting with people. And yet I feel like there's something missing because they don't come away with a relationship like I'm expecting them to. So what do I do? And I feel like last year allowed answers to that. And so one of the, the real next steps over this next season is producing all the supporting material that goes to put that online. So the backbone still ends up being the people meeting together, you know, in this case via Zoom which really allows us to have a smaller number of people going deeper together <laughs> rather than, you know, the classic old thing of when's your group successful, Tim? You know, is it a successful group if you've got four people in the room together with you and a co-facilitator? Is it successful when you've got six or you've got eight, <laughs> 10, 12? You know, where's that point? You know, we're always pushing those numbers as opposed to going, you know, the value is individual and the value is depth. Right? We don't want to build something that's a, a mile wide and an inch deep, right? To take people deeper and so i feel like there's a couple of youtube videos to produce to to explain some key concepts related to storytelling deep listening and and facilitation of the process but there's a number of audio things to actually produce to enable people to cultivate their own practice so that the core remains people meeting you know for the session but then in between people take ownership of that practice of the presence of god and so over the next few months, really want to produce that and then and then launch that, like relaunch that in a new way. And that's really just the first of several courses that I, I have in mind. Now, one of the ways that I think that <laughs> we can be better together is that you, Steve, are an incredibly well-rated counselor. <laughs> you know, you you work well with families. <laughs> and and I think you bring a you bring a really different eye to the picture. I, I really come from a, a phenomenally dysfunctional <laughs> background in my own life and phenomenally dysfunctional just within myself, right? So relationships have been hard for me. So it's it's been amusing that I uh, that I ended up with this thing on uh, that's all about relational spirituality, <laughs> and I'm, I, I really am the wrong person to do it, <laughs> you know. But but I see that as 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 a next step, so that it's not starting with doing church in order to do church, but starting with with individuals, in order for individuals to go deeper in relation to themselves, others, and God, and that that individual practice of the presence of God being the primary thing to to actually start with. And so, so I, I, you know, I'd love us to be in the space that even before we get to the the, the next step, because I, I see it as as a little bit further in the future, um, is is to primarily spend our time in that space with people, enabling them to cultivate this thing of relational intimacy with God, enabling them to 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 take this 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 risk to be vulnerable with themselves. And to take that inward journey. And it's like a friend of mine says, everyone's always telling people to wake up or be enlightened or to do this or one thing or another to become spiritual, right? But no one is showing them how. And I think that 
some of our next steps. And this is just one thing on the table. Um, and it's a safe thing to say because, you know, work is in process around us. It's just to go, that's one thing. But then a next step beyond that is I, I, I envisage not cultivating groups in order to try people try to have people have an experience with God, but really actually just becoming dependent on doing church on that system again, or on the leadership. I see us working with people from the ground up to be in the position where on the foundation of them having discovered their one-on-one -on -one relationship with God, discovering that one-to-one -one audience of one relational intimacy digging into the depth of that, almost from the groundswell of that starting to re-enter uh, communities, relational communities, relational networks of people coming together to tell stories about what God has been doing, as opposed to getting together and going, well, we don't really see God do anything. So God must be teaching us through our suffering in life, right? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So, so, so I, I do envisage in the long run, us getting to the community elements. And you'll hear our guests for season three, this is vital to them because I don't think that organizing is the problem. I think the problem is, is when our metric is doing church and we start with doing church. I really want to take this risk of going, <laughs> our metric is the quality of your relational intimacy with God. <laughs> and, and that's a hard thing to lay a bet on. It's much easier for me to go, oh, hang on. It can be something that I control, like teaching, the quality of, of, of the shows we produce, the quality of you know, material that we put out, as opposed to going, well, our work is this, our work is not to build an institution, our world work is not to build a, a church, a something we can put a label on, and go look how modern it is, how big it is, how slick the services are, but it's this, it's this thing of going, the value is in the individual, and we're not going to claim ownership of that, we're not, we're not building any kind of system that goes, people are dependent on us, uh, we the pastors, we the leaders, we've got elders and they've got to submit to them or anything like that. That's not what we're going for. We're going for a, an adult to adult relationship with people that are, are like us valuing intimacy with God and going, Tim, Steve, I want to do this. That's what I'm, that's what I'm on board for. And I want to be going, yeah, I'm on board for that too. Let's do this together rather than being in, in that other position. And so in the long run, I do see us supporting a network and relational communities but if we start there, I don't think we're going to get this foundational thing right. And, and the reason why I don't think that's the case is because I don't see other people getting that right. And I, I can't believe that I can do it better than them. I don't think I can do church very well at the end of the day, right? So if I don't have that belief, I don't think I'm going to be able to start with doing church and end up doing it better than they are. <laughs> that's just plain dumb. You know, like I, I once said, someone said to me, Tim, you're criticizing me for this, but, you know, I, I run the biggest church in this movement for the last 30 years. When you've planted a church like mine, then you can come and say this to me. And, and my response was basically, who the fuck are you to talk to me this way? <laughs> you know, like for one, like for one, I'm not wanting to do that. But, but for another, I've, I've been involved in about five different church plants over the years anyway, five or six, right? <laughs> so it's not like, it's not like I don't have experience along these lines. I have enough experience to go, I don't think this is working. I don't think there are many people out there that have got enough experience to go, we're trying this alternative when we know what, what it is. And I can't lay claim to that myself. But I'd like to believe that having started without a clear sense of vision going, oh, I think God's leading me and a few people getting behind me for that. I've been able to do something that is actually valuable for people. And, and I feel like 
you know, the Patreon and the next steps and that for us, like laying it out like that is, uh, is a bit risky because, <laughs> whew, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of vision stuff in there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of passion that I carry. There's a lot of hope that I carry, but it's also, it's also a risk because I'm basically, it's a lot easier to go years a building and I can consistently deliver a sermon every week than to go, what I do relying on people to connect with me to say that they want this. And then I can't give them a product. I can't give them a relationship with God. God has to show up for them, you know? So, so that's, that's double risky. <laughs> you know, as I was listening to you, I'm thinking of, well, a couple of things, but the, the top thing that comes to mind is in, in the classic kind of Protestant, a little bit more perhaps evangelical church system, which I am currently more familiar with in some ways than others. There's always this conversation that I pick up on around worship, this topic worship. And essentially, as I've sort of dug through it over the years, I'm more and more convinced that what people mean by that is music. And you'll hear this phrase at the end of a Sunday service. Wow, the worship was great today. Or, yeah, the worship wasn't great today. And over time, I've come to the conclusion that you, you can't say that as a human being. Because in that classical framework, the idea of worship is the adoration of God, um, the connection with God. There's all sorts of things that go into it, but, but it's very much aimed at, like, I give worship to God. So actually, the only one who can say at the end of a Sunday, well done, is God. Well done, guys. That was good. You gave of your best, you know, I, I feel good, I feel better, you, whatever it is, you know. I'm a little bit cynical about it, so I don't really want to go down that rabbit hole. It's wonderful and horrible all at the same time. So, but just at the surface, I kind of see that and go, it's far easier to have this human metric and go, the band was, you know, just on time, hit all their notes, the drums came in at the right point, the set flowed, and, and I'm a musician for many years now, and I know how to tweak those things, and it's something that drives me nuts. You get three songs that are well-known, that are, are new, that people are enjoying, that are in the same key, and you craft them orchestratally, you know, orchestrate them very well. The drums come in, the voices swell, an instrument drops out, comes back, you do all sorts of things, and you're pretty much guaranteed. Like <laughs> 90% of the people are going out going, whoo, worship was great. And I'm like, I think that's just a bad way to measure what we did on the Sunday. And that's what I think of when you talk about this, that this metric is hard because where is it found? You know, and it connects with something else that I've started to wonder about. Like the wild card in this whole thing is God. <laughs> like the weak link, sorry, God. But if you don't show up and I can't force you to, and I can't force you not to show up. And there's all sorts of things like you're the wild card here. And so it's like pitching up to sell encyclopedias door to door without knowing that when the person opens the door, will I actually have the encyclopedias in my hand or not? Now, that's a bit of an explanation, but it, for me, it carries a little bit, I think, of the gist of what's going on here. But equally, I'm not wanting to say that, you know, this is not an avoidant behavior behind, well, we can just do then whatever the hell we feel like, and we can't measure it, so woohoo! <laughs> like, off we go into the sunset and do wonderful things or not, and, and no one can tell. There are ways, I think, to stay connected, finger on the pulse. And I think they're far more relational, which is why it is so much harder to measure. 
I think there are ways, I mean, I have some ways in which I can start to measure relational health in a marriage when I sit with a couple, but it's not easy because sometimes it looks healthy and then whoops, manifestation. Okay. It's not so healthy <laughs> or it's, or you come in and you think, wow, I don't know if this is actually working out so well. And then you spend a bit more time actually listening and you go, this is actually working. This is, this is working really well. And so it's hard to quantify too quickly, but it's not, I don't want to say it's impossible and I wouldn't want to sound avoidant, but that metric thing is tricky. And that's partly why I'm drawn to this. You know, when I, when I hear you talk about that, because it's so kind of off map a little bit and exploratory and it's, and it's curiosity driven. Yeah. I, 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 I feel like I, I feel like I agree with you there. I feel like one of the, one of the challenges for us and, and, and we really are at the beginning stages with season three of teasing this out. I think we we haven't been given a good picture of what a relationship with God ought to look like. So people struggle. You know, the, the number one, for people to come back going, how do you know you're hearing from God? Kind of evidences that, you know, we don't have a generally, we don't have agreed on, we don't have standards. <laughs> we don't have, a, we don't have clear expectations. And, and, and we are sold this picture that like, you know, like you say, you know, the general understandings that you, you're pitching up to sell encyclopedias and you don't know if they're going to be with you. It's almost like quantum encyclopedias. Are they there or aren't they there? Well, you're going to know when the person opens the door <laughs> and looks in the encyclopedia. But, but the reality is that, is that when it comes to the, the work of the kingdom, that God hasn't given us that uncertainty. And, and part of the challenge for us is to, is to move past that or, and gain an understanding of what it means to move past that. But the other thing is, is I feel like through the doing church thing, we've been sold this vision of, of, of a, you know, loving God's like a wave <laughs> that breaks and peaks, you know, peaks and breaks. And then the rest is like, it's the valleys in between. And you and I were t- actually talking earlier today about those peaks and the valleys. And the valleys are pretty, pretty far, <laughs> long, wide and occasionally there's peaks right um whereas i think i think that's ultimately relational well communication in relationship is a good metric to work with and that's what we that's what we're looking for and so one of the great things in season three is is we really are teasing this out to land at a place of going steve tim and and guests what does this thing called intimacy with god mean there's the easy, you know, answer that goes, oh, well, you know, God is known in and through the Bible or, or Jesus, but that doesn't really tell us anything about, so, you know, when I leave this year and I want to go spend time with God, what does that look like? You know, what does that look like for me? Yes, I can read in proxy what someone else's relationship looked like, you know, but what, how, how do I, how do I get that? You know, what am I, what am I expecting? And, and so for us, I, I think that one of the challenges is to really develop a, a relational theology. And this would be another um, thing that we're working towards and chewing through, that, that A, it has to be in part biblical, uh, in the sense that, that there is an agreement between, between Scripture. But I don't think we've read Scripture with an eye to what it's telling us about this. And so one of our works is to do, one of our jobs is to do that. Another job is to go, actually, people have been doing this throughout history. So what have people been doing throughout history and what, 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 what do we pick out of that? You know, and then another thing is basically going, but our culture and our context is different. Our world is different. Our demands are different. 
you know, we, we're living in a very different, very different place. And so one of the reasons why classic church used to work is because people didn't move as often. So, so now what happens when people's communities are online or they're in a job for a year or they travel through for three weeks out of the month? What, what do they get? They're not getting the value out of church, going to church like they used to or what people used to. But how do we help them cultivate a relationship with God? What can they expect? What are they looking for? How do we come alongside them to, to get there? How does God come alongside us to basically be there for them? How does God come alongside them? You know, all of those are, are things that, you know, they, they're actually deep questions and they're, 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 they're challenging and they, they actually merit the work done to chew through them. And I'm going, I just, I'm just not reading enough people out there doing it. Although people are putting a lot of stuff out there around spirituality, I, I feel like a lot of it misses the relational stuff. A lot of it puts in the court of just like, you know, it's just character development. You know, it's like going to the gym. You know, you're not necessarily training for anything, but you, you're a little bit better overall, <laughs> you know, um, as opposed to going, no, I'm training for something. What am I training for? Well, I'm training for relational intimacy. This is a, it's a tricky subject to, 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 to delve in because we actually don't have a relational faith. We, we talk about relationship with God, but we don't, but that's not what our faith is about. That's not what we're getting out of it. And so this, this is the difficult terrain that I feel like also we need to be diving into and that we need to be having real conversations about. And it's, it, it's not healthy for just one person to sit with it or just two of us to sit with it. We actually need to be in a relationship with a community that's on board, sitting with it with us. And so for us to establish a, a Patreon in some ways is also as part of enabling us to establish that a community and find ways to, to create an online community where we can explore these things. Well, I'm really excited. I've said that a couple of times and, and, and it just strikes me again. Um, and I think part of that um, is, is just to, I, I'm really hoping as, as the listener, if you're listening to this, I'm, I'm hoping if you've made it this far, that you're also excited. Um, you know, if you've made it this far in terms of you've made it into season three with us, we're already exceptionally grateful that, that you've gone on this journey with us. And I, I chuckle when I say that, but not because I, I think it's funny, but it's a bit of a chuckle of disbelief, if I'm honest, if I look at this adventure over the last year. But I, I'm deadly serious. I, I am so grateful that you've made it this far. Um, you've been listening We've had a number of you in touch, asking questions, giving some feedback, giving some challenge. Um, I'm immensely grateful for our contributors who've come on in conversation with us and been willing to be recorded. And I am so, I'm just so excited about what this could be moving forward. Um, I would just be excited to continue the podcast. <laughs> but when we, him and I talk about a number of these other levels, I, I'm a dreamer at heart, and I just start dreaming just large scale. Not because I want to run a mega movement of some sorts. I'm, I'm still, I'm genuinely, I'm authentically committed to the one-on-one, -on -one, the, the relational practicing of presence, etc. You don't do that in an auditorium with a thousand people. I just don't believe it's, it's possible, I think. Um, and so I'm just so excited to see this grow and develop. I'm excited to see things come to the surface and, and evolve that I didn't expect and I wasn't certain of, you know, that I wasn't sure that was going to happen. That's been part of my, my relationship with God is being surprised by God uh, with, with things that come through. And I, I'm just, 
I'm trying to reflect that in and say, I hope you're excited. And if you're excited, I mean, this is our Patreon episode. Cheapest, we would love to hear from you. Man, we would, we would be so excited to hear from you, to have conversation with you. Um, and obviously, we'd be super excited if you would, if you would seriously consider, prayerfully consider, honestly consider becoming part of this and coming to dream with us and converse with us and kick things around with us. Totally, me too. I, I, I must say, I can't help but get <laughs> excited and go into dream territory when it comes to this dream, vision territory. You know? <laughs> There's been a real transition in, in my journey from feeling quite uh, isolated and exiled <laughs> along these lines and feeling like I'm alone wandering the urban deserts. Am I going to make it through to an oasis or not? <laughs> you know, um, and actually, just just being in a place where where I think I, I'm 100% in the right place, and as I look around, I'm 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 standing in an urban desert with lots of people. <laughs> yeah, and we're in the same place of going. We're in the desert because God has led us here, and God is going to meet us here, and that's what we are for. And it's it's a challenging it's a challenging expectation to hold, but I feel like I don't just hold it as an expectation. I, I hold it as a reality. Every person that I that I end up speaking to these days is just resonating with that language of being in the desert and the notion of the urban desert. That their spirituality isn't retreat based spirituality. It's not holiday spirituality. It's not the spirituality that's a far off disconnected from their life. It's a sense of of walking with God within the the tapestry of their own lives in the year and now. And it's this life to the full, not escaping this life to a holiday or escaping this life to the afterlife. It's this life. It's for this life. It's for us here and now. And, and the rich opportunity of going, oh my goodness, I can, I can experience God speaking to me, walking with me. It's not just about power encounters. And then, you know, at some point in the future, you know, why does God pitch up? Well, it's, it's really just to, you know, bolster his own ego and reputation at the end of the day god saving his reputation when people preach the gospel guys that's really why god pitches up in power encounters okay <laughs> you know i say that cynically but that's that <laughs> but i am partly cynical when it comes to that because I, I feel like that doesn't meet my need for relational engagement and I, I don't think that in the renewal that's that's what god wants to leave us with either and i think that's why we don't experience it post renewal because i think we we, we think that what we've got is good enough and i don't think it is i think i think relational depth is relational depth anyway anyway i mean i i, I yeah i don't want to go on i don't want to go on forever in, in future although there's going to just be the mention perhaps once or twice that we have a patreon i don't want to be in the position where we're constantly marketing patreon so that's not the space i want to be in I do want to. I do want to get around to every once in a while having a session where we basically report back on what we're doing with what we've been given, and basically just reflecting responsibility for this privilege and this calling. But I don't want to be in the manipulative position of going, you know, of, of having to come back to this over and over. So yeah, so that's that's yeah, it's it's an awkward it's an awkward space for me. But but the reality is 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 Patreon or no Patreon like this this is what I'm this is what I'm doing <laughs> you know um, and that's 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 with every sense of appreciation for the people that have supported me you know privately and individually even to get here you know I I, I am immensely grateful it is just you know it's 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 incredible that people would 
you know, get behind crazy old Tim. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you come across as, as crazy as I am, but. <laughs> I just tone it down for the podcast. I think as, as like, as I sense our conversation around this kind of drawing to a close and also not, you know, not, not wanting, you know, our episode here to be a, a day and a half long. Um, let me say that I'm really grateful for your time as listener um, through us just sharing some of the vision, some of the reasoning behind how we want to operate, um, some of our financial vision, even the launch of this Patreon, etc. Just really grateful. And thank you for, for making it through this journey with us so far. I, I guess, especially in light, I'm very aware of just the awkwardness that Tim and I share around this. So thank you for going with that. Really, really grateful for that. Um, and for me, it makes sense to perhaps just wrap things up a little and, and leave you with a kind of how do, how do we round this off together? Um, and so as I reflect back to what you're sharing about kind of various levels of vision as we move forward and some of the work that we see ahead of us that we're just super keen to, to kind of dig our teeth into. Um, <clears throat> the question that, that comes to me is kind of, what are we asking you as the listener if it hasn't been clear yet as we've talked through? I guess I'm asking, are you willing to consider prayerfully consider, think through this journey that we've been on, the vision that we're putting out? Um, are you excited by what we're talking about, the work that we see ahead of us, whether it's grappling with what a relational theology looks like, articulating some of that, articulating better vision, um, searching out what does it mean to do this relational network, community with people who are like-minded, um, continue to clarify values, uh, really very important for me is the ongoing face-to-face, -face, whether it's digital or, you know, it happens geographically as well sometimes with people around their relationship with God and that coming alongside and that supporting. Do you have a sense of this includes you? Are you part of this? Do you feel drawn to this? I would use the language specifically of, do you feel God saying like, hey, this is something for you? as you listen to, to Tim and I talk this through. And there, there are levels at which that can play out, some that we're still exploring. Um, I guess not to put too fine a point on it, the, the point of tonight's one is, do you see yourself coming in somewhere to support us financially as we do this, to enable this work to continue? And it's not to exclude any other areas, but this is the Patreon episode, so I'm gonna just wade into the awkwardness, thigh deep and say, that's part of what we're putting on the table. And we would be incredibly grateful if you'd pray into that, think about it, engage with us, give us a call, jump on a Zoom, Skype, whatever online Teams thing, uh, and, and we can touch base around it. But we'd be really grateful if that would become part of what you consider if you're excited about this vision. As we go further into the season, there'll be other spaces we touch base around what does it mean to be potentially part of a network as that starts to evolve and we explore what does it mean to jump on calls and, and talk about your relationship with God, ask us questions about ours, get into some of what Tim's talking about of just, you know, there are some, there are thousands, there's like a couple of thousand years worth of people who've been doing this and practice and things that we've been 
chewing through and thinking through and, and doing ourselves and whatever that we're keen to share and learn more of, et cetera, et cetera. So there's, there's all sorts of things that we'll also get to on the table. Um, but we'd love as you finish talking to, as you finish listening to our conversation for tonight to consider that, that financial element. Uh, and I think I'm going to leave it there because I don't like to flog a dead horse and I don't like to put my fingers so firmly on the pulse that your heart stops beating. Um, and partly that's my awkwardness and forgive us, forgive me, forgive us for that as we've talked with you guys about this and as you've listened in. But thank you, really appreciate your time. Uh, we mean that, we really mean that. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, no, I, I just want to say thank you for being, um, for being with us on this journey so far. And uh, thank you for continuing with us in, in whichever way or form. You know, um, please don't feel any sense of obligation to have to support us via Patreon. Everything stays 100% free. This is completely not transactional. It's just an invitation for those who, who have the means and uh, who feel inspired to be missional partners with us to join us in that at that level. But, but really, when it, when, it, when it comes to the rest, you know, I, I want you to know that, that all our work remains completely 100% transaction-free. And, and, and we really just are in this because <laughs> we, we're answering this crazy call to wander the urban desert <laughs> and, to, and to really just go, you know, you know we, could <laughs> we, we could do what's tried and tested that we don't think that is working. Um, but, but I think we'd be dumb to do that. <laughs> so I want to try something that's crazy instead. And there's every chance that we might fail, but oh my goodness, what if we succeed? 